Well, I see many of you came with coats and sweaters. You were prepared. As we continue to end gloves <laughs> and scarves. We continue to work on making sure the heat is working in here, but I will just recommend that for the foreseeable future, until I can guarantee there's heat, bring a coat or a sweater. Then you'll be, then you'll be set. But as I say each week, we can create more heat by singing robustly as we worship together. So we will do that. We will do that in our service today. Uh, that will be a blessing to all of us. Well, it's, as always, it is a good uh, day to join together in worship and a blessing to be with all of you as we celebrate uh, worshiping our Lord together on this the 23rd Sunday of Pentecost. We're going to begin our first hymn, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. <coughs> Our first reading is Malachi 4, 1-8. See, the day is coming, 
burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who have revered my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. The word of our Lord. Our lectionary psalm for today is Psalm 98, and we will be reading it responsibly. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. At the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people of the heavenly. Now for our next hymn, both for a thousand tongues to sing.
Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 13. Now we command you, beloved in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to the tradition that they receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toll and labor, we worked night and day, so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have that right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command, Anyone unwilling to work should not eat, for we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. The word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, Lord. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first. But the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you. Oh, that's a repeat, sorry. You will be betrayed by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your souls. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Where I grew up in northern Minnesota, there were many things that gave that region its natural beauty. The shimmering glow of a summer night sky filled with the northern lights. The sunshine reflecting off a lake at dusk as you could hear the call of the loon, the state bird in the distance. The mixture of deciduous and evergreen trees and the bright beauty of freshly fallen blankets of fluffy snow. When I moved to the Pacific Northwest to attend college, I was wonderstruck by the majesty of the Cascade and Olympic Mountains, 
which framed the cityscape of Seattle, Washington. I climbed my first mountain there with college friends. It was Mount St. Helens at an elevation of eight, over 8,000 feet. And as we climbed up on a cloudy day, we entered the layer of clouds and finally came out above the clouds, standing on top of the mountain, looking down on the clouds and looking up at a bright blue sky. When my wife and I moved to New Jersey, where I began my master's degree, we revealed, we reveled in the beauty of the gardens of the Garden State and the warmth of the Atlantic Ocean, which is much warmer than the Pacific. We would go swimming on the Jersey Shore in summer days, and there were the overwhelming colors of autumn leaves of the beautiful Northeast states. When our family moved here in 2017, I was once again awestruck by palm trees, the prolific population of different kinds of citrus fruit growing in almost every yard, and the 330-plus days of sunshine every year. Everywhere I've lived, I have found the beauty of creation inspiring and compelling. This past week, we saw a good amount of rain, which was so needed for our region. One of my favorite aspects about rain is the smell that comes with it. Did you know that there's a special term for the smell of the rain? It's called petrichor. Petrichor. I want you to say this with me, okay? Petrichor. Late on Monday afternoon last week, once my kids had come home from school and just before we were about to make dinner, it started to rain and it was raining really hard. I spent a few moments watching the rain out the window, but then I decided I wanted to go outside and stand in the rain. I wanted to smell the petrichor. Some research studies have shown that that smell is actually really good for your health. The smell of rain. So I told my kids to put on some warm coats and good shoes or boots, and we were going to go out in the rain, which of course got them super excited. We went outside, we stood in the rain, we opened our mouths to catch raindrops, we stomped in puddles, and took deep, long breaths of that magical smell known as petrichor. Now some of you might be sitting there thinking, okay Sam, is there a sermon in here somewhere, or are you just going to take us on a tour of a bunch of cool outdoors nature type things? Well rest assured, my friends, all of that was just set up for the main idea. In our lectionary psalm for today, which we read responsibly from Psalm 98, we read these lines. Let the sea roar, and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. Creation, it turns out, worship God, worships God 24-7, 365 days a year. The plants, the animals, the rocks, the mountains, the trees, the rivers, the oceans, the sky, the rain, the wind, spicy peppers and citrus fruits, even the creatures who we are less fond of, like spiders and slugs, or fill in the blank with whichever creepy crawlies you don't like. All of what God has made sings praises to God. Sings praises to God all the time. 
Psalm 98 isn't the only place in Scripture that talks about this. There are other psalms, other passages outside the psalms, that talk about creation, worshiping God. One of my absolute favorite hymns is titled, All Creatures of Our God and King. The hymn assumes that our voices are just one among many in a choir of voices. We join with the song of sparrows singing, the song of rivers flowing, the song of breezes blowing. When we sing, we join that chorus. In fact, all over the rest of this psalm, the author talks about us singing, about our voices praising God, about singing new songs to God. St. Francis of Assisi is credited with writing the original words to that hymn, and later it was put to the tune of music that we sing it for. But his story is so powerful and inspiring. He was eventually canonized and recognized as the patron saint of all animals and pets. He's often depicted in statues and in icons alongside animals and in garden or forest settings. He's an example of an ancestor in the faith whose love of creation resonates deeply with this song and many others like it. The beauty of creation tells a story. One that parallels the beauty of Scripture. When we read the Bible, we are reading the story of God and God working with people. And creation is like a book, too. In the beauty of creation, we see the beauty of the Creator. There's life. There's light. There's connection. There's death and resurrection. As human beings living in the 21st century, we exist at a time when humanity has rather effectively filled the world. The human population of Earth is over 7 billion people. That's a lot of people. <laughs> and our presence in our world changes it more than ever. Not just because of the numbers, but also because of things like our technology and industry and so on. So not only do we see God in creation, but we recognize from the scriptures our place and our responsibility to be good stewards of the planet we call home. So there are two paths I want to take us down today. The first has to do with environmental stewardship as followers of Jesus. The second has to do with our spiritual journey as we encounter creation. So first, environmental stewardship. One doesn't have to look far and hear the messages in our culture about how important it is for us to take care of our environment. So what can we do to help take care of this planet we live on? There are lots of simple and very effective ways that we can be a blessing to creation. Even as a young kid in school, I was taught the three R's. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Right? Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Oh, my microphone just died. <laughs> testing, testing. We'll see if it comes back. If not... I'll use this. Oh, magic. Reduce what we consume, reuse what we can, and recycle what we can. Super helpful ways, super simple ways to steward creation well. Additionally, we can organize. All right. We're going to switch, switch microphones. 
Additionally, we can organize. We can write letters to government leaders. We can join activities and events that are about focusing on environmental stewardship. All of these make a difference. We have a responsibility to future generations that will inherit the place we call home. So it's up to us to make it livable and healthy for them. Now what does all this have to do with the spiritual journey? That's the second path I want to take us down today. Creation can be an absolutely amazing connection point for us to experience God. We have these little wonderful pieces of our community campus that can foster deepening in your spiritual life. For example, we have a rose garden filled with beautiful plants, an aviary with several birds just down the hall from the commons. These can be places of reflection and rest and spiritual deepening. Some of us may not be naturally inclined to think about creation as a conduit for spiritual connection with God, but if we took the time to sit with and meditate on the beauty in creation, we would discover a powerful path to connecting with God, a path that our ancestor St. Francis took. In the creation story in Genesis, God made a garden for people to live in. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and one of the thieves said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom, you recall that story, Jesus replied, Today you will be with me in paradise. The word paradise comes from an ancient Babylonian word meaning garden. When John is given a vision in the book of Revelation about the heavenly city coming down to join with earth, there are trees on either side of a beautiful river whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. So beginning, middle, and end, it's all over the Bible. There's something special that happens in us and through us when we spend time with God in God's creation. We can experience a deep closeness with God and with each other. There are many modern research studies that talk about the health benefits of just looking at something beautiful in nature, touching something beautiful in nature, smelling and hearing beauty in nature. So, many, so maybe this week, uh, your invitation, my invitation, is to consider the ways that we are helping to steward the health and beauty of our world, and God is inviting us to spend time with him too in the beauty of his world. I went, once went on a retreat at a Benedictine monastery not far from Portland, Oregon, and one of my favorite things to do on this retreat was to go on walks and breathe the fresh, beautiful air, walk along paths past towering Douglas fir trees, and on my first retreat to this monastery, I've been there multiple times, I found myself at the end of a walk, in the rain, in a small clearing surrounded by beautiful tall evergreen trees. It wasn't totally silent. I heard the rain landing on the coat of my hood. I heard the sound of raindrops falling through the trees. I felt the rain on the palms of my hands. And I smelled once again the beauty of petrichor. It was one of my most powerful experiences of my spiritual journey of experiencing God's presence. I didn't hear a voice, didn't see an angel, didn't have a glowing light descend from heaven. 
But I felt truly connected to the presence of God in God's beautiful creation. It was a wonderful experience. And my hope and prayer is that we would all have experiences like that in our own way. A deep connection to God through the beauty of what God has made. Through the home God has given us. All we need to do is to spend time with God in these beautiful places. And there are some right here on our campus waiting for you to come, sit, rest, breathe, and just be with God. So I encourage you this week to take some time, go for a walk, find a quiet place out on a, on a part of our campus, there are many to choose from, and just say, Lord, here I am, to enjoy the beauty of your creation. Let's sit together in the beauty of your world. Amen? Amen. Continuing in worship, we're going to sing our next hymn, All My Hope on God is Founded.
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now for our next hymn, Lord, dismiss us with your blessing.